Hey, what's up? It's Julie Pilot with another episode of The Idea Fountain. All season long, we've been talking about instincts and intuition, inspired by today's guest, Laura Day. Laura Day is a teacher, intuitive, author, and healer. Reading her books like Practical Intuition, The Circle, and How to Rule the World from Your Couch has pretty much changed the way I think about everything. There has to have been times that you had a gut feeling about something, or maybe you were thinking about someone and then they called right away. My guess is your intuition has already been operating on high gear. Here's some more detail on how you can tune in. I-D-E-A-F-O-U-N-E-A-I-N This is the Idea Fountain, life-changing conversations. The first season of the Idea Fountain, every single month I interviewed somebody that changed my life. And there's not going to be 500 of those, right? And so season two, I spoke to people about instincts and intuition. And now I feel like I have the queen of intuition here, Laura Day. Well, you know, now ever since I turned 60, my friends are teasing me that I'm the crone of intuition. Oh, come on. (laughs) Um, It's so important. We're going to talk about a lot of things, including you turning 60. But first, I really want to acknowledge, I don't know if I've ever told you the story, but... I've been following your work and your books for a really long time, and I don't know how I got there, but I remember being 18 or 19, we're talking about the mid to late 90s, and just wandering into a Barnes and Noble thinking I wanted to get a journal. And right there next to the journals was your book, Practical Intuition, which um, it's interesting to me, right? Like intuition, isn't the same as, or maybe it is, when somebody says the Psychic Friends Network, right? Like using your intuition or your instincts a lot of times might be considered more acceptable, at least to the business realm. Well, first of all, let's separate instincts and intuition. Because instincts are in your hardwired genetic makeup. You know, you have an instinct that heat means fire. You know, you have instincts that have nothing to do, you know, they're they're hardwired information, they're biological. Intuition is out of the blue. It's information you've never been exposed to. And it's something that is, is really sought out by the part of you that needs survival answers to answer a question. They're very different things. I really appreciate that definition because I feel like at work in meetings, um, if you have a hunch or if you're using your intuition, you can say, I have a good instinct about this and it's acceptable, but um, saying using my intuition might not be. Right. So I wrote, my fourth book is called The Circle. And it's written in somewhat esoteric language. And it's really about... You know, how do you make create a goal and then how do you achieve it using all of the parts of yourself, instinct, intuition, your patterning or or undoing your patterning? Um, how do you how do you make it work in a way that as part of your daily life, you're creating the next life, the life you want? But in in, um, in order to do it as a book for a popular market, I had to change the language. 
this was usually uh, this was originally used in companies. Right. So as I did a lot of mergers and acquisitions in the '80s, and it was about how do you take you know uh, a company that doesn't want to be bought, or how do you take two companies that you're putting together where there may be redundancies, and how do you make it work for everyone? How do you really make it uh, not only apply to the needs of the employees and the product, but how do you also, you know, stay the kind of culture you want while achieving what you want? Uh, of course, in a company, I don't use the same language I use in the circle. It's exactly the same process, and we adapt language all the time. You know, when I'm when I'm describing vegetables to my, you know, son, I do it differently than to my husband. That's a great analogy, and I think sometimes it's important to meet people where they are. I remember when I first read Practical Intuition, the one teeny tiny book, part of the book that changed my life, that really resonated with me, that made me think differently, was a part where you were saying how you can retrain your brain. And if you hate washing dishes every single night, don't focus on just, I hate washing the dishes. Don't not cook because you don't want to wash dishes wash you'll have a pile of dirty dishes but invest in the most luxurious lavender hand soap and play your favorite music while you're washing the dishes and make it a ritual and feel the warm water over your hands and that made me think differently rather than just getting stuck on i hate doing the dishes and in hindsight how does that parallel to practical intuition and retraining your brain well, I mean, actually, the intuitive process would be to have a goal that you never have to wash another dish. Yes. And then to take it through the different elements of creating that goal using intuition. And perhaps you bump into a neighbor who hates to cook, who comes and does your dishes every night. I mean, it's really creating a, uh, a, a dynamic where you walk into what you need. I think the exercise you're talking about, you remember my old books better than I do, is from the love book. And it's really about pleasure. Um, and how do we make, how do we flip the switch on tasks that are unpleasant to use them productively in our lives? Um, it, it, the, that's not really an intuitive exercise. The part of it that does train intuition is focusing on what it is you want to achieve and not what you want to avoid. I mean, I'm not a believer in positive thinking because I think if a bullet's coming at you, it is definitely going to hit you unless you do something different. Right. You need to retrain. You need to be aware of what's coming at you and you need to adapt. However, negative thinking, you know, really focusing on what isn't working also puts all your resources in empowering what's not working. So I always uh, tell people and try very hard to practice myself empowered realistic thinking and their intuition does have a role because what intuition can say is okay you want to be in the olympics that may seem impossible you're 60 years old um however wow there's a marketing team i i just came across that this ad what a surprise once you have a goal you find your way in intuition leads you to what you want that by the way is not always good there's this really funky idea that intuition creates for you what spirit wants which is just ridiculous like the secret like the secret intuition good psychopaths are good intuitives intuition creates for you 
what you have clearly set as a goal. And there is a mastery to goal setting. There is a certain way to engineer a goal where intuition comes in. But that goal could be world domination. I mean, that goal could be pillaging. That goal, you know, it, there's not a spiritual uh, bent in a positive sense to your goal setting. Uh, what I really try to teach apart from intuition is how can you get what you want while becoming the person you want to be? And I think that that is the piece that's often missed, whether you're a person or a company. You know, we want goals often to compensate for fears, which is an awful way to run a company. It's an awful way to live a life. When you shift that to how do I become who I want to become, even if I'm not sure exactly who that is yet, while achieving what I want to achieve, that is the meaning of kind of inner and outer life. And it, I see companies do that successfully. And the reason I love to teach in person is even in a weekend, I see people do that successfully because everybody has that shift available. And on, on, a, on a certain level, everybody wants to make it. So the minute in all the mess, you show them one teeny door and say, you can squeeze right through that. They do. And it's just human beings astound me. Well, and that's what's really powerful. I love, I got to attend your intuition boot camp in LA. And I love that you really made it a point to say the information's all around us. And a lot of people think you may need to meditate to get into the zone and focus and close your eyes. But you said a lot of times things come to you when you're the most distracted. Yes. I, well, I mean, since you were in the group, you know, I say, don't you dare breathe deeply, close your eyes or go Zen on me. Because when you need your intuition is in an emergency. It's not when you're sitting on a mountaintop. And, and, it's re and intuition is a survival skill. I mean, three-year-olds are intuitive. They're not intellectuals. And by the way, intellect is an amazing thing as well. So is emotional intelligence and all those other things. But it's, it is really important to be able to engage your intuition as you're living your life. And if you have some long, complicated process that allows you to have permission to see the information that's already there, you've hobbled yourself before you even begun. I mean, as you know, I throw people in the deep end. I, you know, I say good morning, first exercise. And, and people do it. People are amazing. And what's really lovely about teaching intuition is people wow each other. Yeah. Not always. You know, sometimes people have, have moments where they get a partner who is, is resistant, uh, never not getting the information. You, that's impossible. But, but who's resistant. But that not only do they wow each other, but what's wonderful about it is when you experience the reality that we're inside each other's boundaries all the time, we're traveling each other's paths all the time, we're co-creating all the time, all of a sudden you have this amazing outpouring of generosity. I mean, I find that the groups, by the end of the first day, are really in the, the generous part of themselves in, in a way that is what we go through all these contortions to describe as spiritual. But what it is is, you know, I, I give you, you know, I, I, I honor you. I give you respect and you're giving me respect. And I'm allowing myself to trust that process. Not blindly. Blind trust is for babies, you know. But I'm allowing myself 
to to have my intuition look out for me while I fully engage in participating in life with you. You mentioned people getting partnered together and really wowing each other. And I have an intuition confessional. That, um, Ooh, I love that. Well, there's been times where things have happened and I've known so clearly that I've almost been scared of my own shadow. It really took me by surprise how dead on I was. And I'm wondering, as you were a kid growing up and you started to realize that you had this gift to be intuitive or just know how were you ever scared or how did you find empowerment in that well i i mean i assumed everyone like all children that everyone saw the world exactly the way i did so i was um hurt often when i would say something that hadn't happened yet and someone would become scared of me or i would speak what someone was thinking and they would avoid me um or worse when my mother's adult friends would realize that I could tell them things and ask me inappropriately adult questions that I just wasn't ready to get visuals on. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I really, um, the kind of intuition I have, the, the degree to which I have it is really a brain injury. It's, it's the inability to repress and filter out what most people repress and filter out. So most people get an acceptable amount of precognition, um, an acceptable amount of telepathy, but not so much that it interferes with their daily living. That was not my case. I grew up in such a tra traumatic environment that I needed it for survival. So I didn't really have the luxury of sitting around and thinking, hmm, how do these extended perceptions affect my life? I was predicting my mother's suicide attempts or my father's rages, uh, you know, or trying to figure out at five what to do when a newborn baby cried. So I wasn't, I really didn't think of it as anything but part of my, you know, imperfect, you know, ugly strangeness until I was in my early 20s and I ended up being uh, tested by this group of researchers and all of a sudden what had been this like horrible, shameful survival skill in this ridiculously crazy family um, became something that made me so magical and special you know, it was lovely. And that actually carried with it its own problems because, you know, you want to deal with your pathology, not just highlight it, right. not excuse it. You know, so it took a long time. I mean, 60 has been great. Getting older is wonderful because I was special for the wrong things when I was younger, when I was, I didn't have a childhood or an adolescence, really. Um, you know, my young adulthood was still about survival because that's all I needed to, you know, that's all I knew how to do. And then really the circle changed my life. The circle, I hate the word channeled because it's a really, for most people, an excuse for information you can't prove or disprove. But the circle came to me. It just was literally downloaded uh, at a moment of crisis in my life and saved my life. It said, here, take this intuition that really overwhelms you because of your damaged brain and apply it to something wholesome. And by the way, this is what wholesome looks like because I had no idea what wholesome looked like. And it was really, that, that was part of my being in the world. And, and it was just wonderful. So no, going, a long answer to your question. My intuition never scared me. Life sometimes scares me. So the way intuition 
shows me what I'm going to have to deal with before I've acquired the ability to deal with it sometimes does scare me. Like I knew my mother, my mother killed herself when I was 14. I knew she was going to die probably from the time I was four. But so that definitely scared me and, and in a sense distorted my growth as a human being. Um, but, you know, no more than finding my way from my house to a grocery store. I mean, I just think everything's overwhelming unless you learn to close your intuition down. Did you have open dialogue with your mom about that when you no. knew? You didn't? You just kept it I didn't have. Well, I didn't have the words for it. You know, people, people always interpret uh, childhood experiences with adult minds. I, I didn't have the word, words for it. I mean, I, I lived my life in a battle of, you know, uh, trying to inspire my mother to live, trying to protect my mother from my father, uh, trying to do what I needed to do for my younger siblings. And we're four, we were four children, two have committed suicide. We were four children, four and a half years apart from oldest to youngest. So, you know, it is, it is over, you know, at five, when intuition comes in to figure out how to feed a baby, uh, because that you don't know, you're not thinking about the process. You're just trying to to cope with what's going on. And I think really for me, um, the most transformative process was being a mother, because all of a sudden I was not flying like you do with intuition where you can be out of your body and forget to eat for a week and you know not feel mm. heat or all of a sudden I was connected to the greatest miracle on earth who's getting married in a week and a yes, half yes congratulations thank you you know and that that grounded me because all of a sudden my intuition because intuition responds to questions was how do I give this child a successful life how do I grow a man who is going to be a, a good man in the world and a good man to himself. And one of the one of the things um, that my son said to me when he started in the job market is he, he called me and said, okay, now I get it. You've been preparing me for my first job since the day I was born. And it's really true. You know, I really did mother as an intuitive. I thought, oh, he's four. He should go to this party because in 20 years, he's going to want to work for this person. Wow. You know, so it's a very different way of, of dealing with life consciously. Everyone does it subconsciously, unconsciously. But that's why it's so important to, to do the circle, to, to have your goals, because otherwise intuition is still having you get back at the girl who insulted you in third grade. I mean, it's, you know, intuition if it doesn't have a conscious goal, can really, really mess up your life. You've mentioned your age twice, and I want to bring this up. Your Instagram is at Laura Day. It's uh, Laura Day Intuit. Laura Day Intuit. And people will be blown away because on your Instagram and in real life, I mean, Laura, seriously, you still look like you're in your 20s or 30s. Oh, you're so nice. That's so not true. It, I have bar mitzvah farms. But I mean, if you just look, like I saw the post the other day where you were in the garden, like your spirit, everything looks so young. And in my entire life interviewing people, I've only asked this question one other time when I was really young, and I asked it to Sade. What is your beauty secret? Oh, you're so I think nice. I know, but everybody else doesn't. I would say... I'm really curious what you would say, because I, I, I don't think, know what it is. Oh, I think you would say the circle. 
and all the healings you have around you. But um, if somebody's listening, they may um, think that's crazy. But I know in the circle, you talk about healing energy. You talk about your cells regenerating and stuff. Do you think that's a part of it? Or what do you think your secret is? I think that, first of all, thank you for the compliment. I think um, part of part of it is that on the Instagram and on Facebook and in my groups, we do a lot of healing. And I know how to use it because I've been doing the circle for so long. So I direct the healing. I'm part of the healing community. So I'm very supported in that community. I also think that, you know, I've used intuition, I've used the circle, but I've also used courageous self-exploration, you know, saying, gee, Laura, you are a real shit, or wow, you're an envious little bitch, or, you know, and I accept this about you, it's part of your damage, let's work on this together. Right. You know, I, I, I feel like I have earned at 60, which I am so amazed to be at 60, because of course, everybody in my family kills themselves before 60. I'm so amazed to be at 60, and, and so happily at 60. But at 60, I'm in love with an amazing man. I have an incredible son. I am about to get an incredible daughter-in-law. I've had an incredible son's girlfriend for eight years. Um, I love my work. I am deeply connected to my students. Like I really feel supported and, and, and I love them and I feel they love me. I mean, I'm in the world that I wanna be in. If you look on the internet at videos of me in my 40s, some of them I look like I'm in my 70s. Mm. I also, and I think this is true of many intuitives, who I am radiates through my pores, literally. I, I'm, I, um, I don't lie, for example, because in intuition you realize everyone knows you're lying when you lie. They may not know they know, but they know they know. Um, you, you know, I think the more intuitive you are and become, the more clearly your insides show outside. And right now I'm happy. It would take, you know, the year after my sister died, I think I probably looked 70. Um, it's very much dependent on my general energy. And right now and for the last year, my general energy has been just grateful and thrilled. I, I, um, I stopped doing anything but my... Um, my business clients for a long time. I have a few companies I've worked with for decades. And, um, and I just started teaching again. And I had forgotten how much I just, I, I love to, I, I want to take everybody home with me. And I actually used to do the workshops in my loft in New York. And, and I stopped because people literally, I just say, well, why don't you stay? I mean, we'd have sleepovers. It was, I have no boundaries. That's what intuition right. is. But, it, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really happy. It's like, isn't there an Audrey Hepburn quote, like the prettiest girls are the happiest girls or something oh, like that? I didn't know that one, but you know, I, I think that that's, you know, some people do not look like what they are, um, but usually their inner energy and outer energy are very different. My world is very, my outer world is always reflective of my inner world. And I think that is the intuitive state, you know, where what you are is what is around you. Um, but then what, what is around you actually creates what you are. And I am at a point in my life where I have so much love and so much support. Um, I, was, I was walking a couple of days ago and I texted my husband uh, because I, I also just with the, I'm moving to London and the move to London kind of made me feel like like a little bit like I was dying. You know, mm -hmm. I'm leaving my girlfriends. I live in a hen house. 
So I'm leaving my girlfriends. I'm, I'm leaving the house. I mean, I'm not selling my apartment, but I'm, I'm not going to be living here for nine months out of a year. And, I, and it felt a little like death to me. And then I, something hit me over the head, and I thought, wow, wait a sec. I'm 17 with a hot guy and these amazing best friends, my son and my daughter-in-law. I have a cool pad. I don't know if people use that word anymore. I have a cool pad. I have enough money to buy anything I want. I have work that I can't wait to get up and do every day. Wow. And, and it, just, it, it was really overwhelming for me. And I texted him. I made him cry. I love my husband because I, I never cry. I, I, I don't even cry at funerals. He cries at the drop of a hat. Uh, and I just adore making him cry. That's so sweet. Um, I love that. We talked about the difference between instincts and intuition. Is there a difference between synchronicities and serendipity? Uh, serendipity is when you're doing a good job of creating your synchronicities. Oh, okay. Because synchronicity can be awful. You know, synchronicity can be you wake up in a bad mood and then 10 awful things happen to you in mm. your life. Um, so that can also be precognition. Things get very mixed up. You, know, you could have been awakened in a bad mood because you knew the bad things were going to happen. But your outer world, people are always looking for signs. You know, oh, I found a penny. Heads up, that's a sign. Your whole life is a sign. Look at your relationships. That's a, those are all signs. Look at your finances. Look at you know, your body, look at, it's all a sign. It's all telling you everything. And I think we want to pick and choose and we can't. I mean, one thing that I think is really important, and I feel like as a human being, this has become my strength, is when I was growing up, when you grow up in a really dysfunctional family, especially if you grow up, you know, in a fairly wealthy, very dysfunctional family, everybody knows. It's like there's no anonymity to what would be shame. And so you can either embrace it, you know, embrace that, you know, the, you know, the police had to come and break down your door and take your half-dead mother out or break up a fight between your parents. You can either embrace it or you can be ashamed of it. And I embraced it. I was like, this is my family. I love them. You know, so he's a little violent. So she's a little suicidal, but they're mine. And I think that the, the lack of shame has really just, you know, allowed me to create synchronicities in a positive way because I'm not repressing a lot. You know, when you, when you repress, when you try to compensate for your uglies, that, that, that hobbles you. And, and so creating good synchronicity is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm nasty sometimes, I'm envious sometimes, I'm a smaller person than I wish I were sometimes, I'm greedy sometimes, I'm manipulative sometimes, and I'm working on this. It's when you, when you deny what you are in this moment, because you may be someone completely different in the next moment, but when you deny what you are in the moment, your synchronicities don't come from what you're pretending, they come from what you are. What if you can't figure out, you see all these synchronicities, but there's just not an answer. Like, for example, this is silly, but my shoelaces keep coming untied to the point of it's absolutely ridiculous, never in my life. And I wonder if there's something I should be paying attention to aside from tying my shoelaces. Or 
I swear to God, in the last 24 hours, I've ran into five people named Kayla. You know, and it gets to a point I've never really known a Kayla in my life. The one I did lived in San Francisco, and I bumped into her in New York. So this is, so for example, I, now I, I also love intellect, and I love over-intellectualizing, often getting myself in trouble. First of all, every synchronicity doesn't need to be understood. You know, if you tried to understand every synchronicity in your life, that's all you'd be doing in your life. You'd miss a lot of meals, a lot of good relationships, you know. Um, but, but first of all, if my shoelaces kept coming untied, I'd probably, like, get some shoelaces that I enjoyed tying, for mm -hmm. example. I'd work with it. Mm. Um, I don't tend to over-interpret my signs. Um, if I were going to overinterpret that, I'd say Kayla's kind of an odd name. Shoelace is coming untied. Maybe, maybe it's you trying to tell yourself through signs to let loose a little more. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's in interpretations. And, and it's funny because synchronicities and intuition uh, is never wrong, but our interpretations can really mess us up. So you want to find a way to enjoy your Kayla's. It makes it much easier to remember somebody's name yes. if everyone has the same one. Find shoelaces you enjoy or buy slip-ons without them. You know, and I, 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 there's so much. I, I am not a go-with-the-flow person. I go with the flow except when I want to create something. When I want to create something, I am single-minded. Um, although I adapt my creation to what's happening. Um, so, you know, I, I was writing, um, I'm not sure when you're going to air this, uh, I'd, hopefully not before the 20th. Are you going to do it before the no. 20th? Okay. So I, I was writing this little piece uh, for my, I get to do a speech, which is my favorite thing. I get to do a little speech at my, my son's wedding, and I was saying the part of the prayer where you say and accept things we cannot change is where my son and I both go silent. Because I don't think there's anything you can't change. You can either change it in yourself or you change it in the world, or usually it's a collaboration of both. It's funny you say that because this morning uh, I was thinking about what I should ask you intuitively, and there was one question that came to mind that hadn't been on my mind as something I should ask you, and I didn't think I was necessarily curious about it, but I was sitting in my hotel room I asked myself that and I looked up and all of a sudden in the door, I saw the light coming through the peephole of the door, just shining in like sunshine. And I'm going to sound like a lunatic on my podcast, but my thought That's was... That's okay, I do it for a living. <laughs> my thought was, I feel like I should ask Laura what she thinks happens when people die and go to the other side. I don't think there's another side. I think that all, all of reality is happening in this moment. Time isn't linear. Um, and I have, a very, um, I have a very loose relationship with the material world. Uh, what are they, my, um, my husband was a journalist before he was a screenwriter. And he, one day early in our relationship, I was having a luncheon with four of my friends, all of whom happened to be mediums. And we were sitting at the table eating salad and quiche and really cute little hors d'oeuvres. And he walks in and we're all talking to empty chairs, kitty corner to one another. We're talking to each other's dead people in, in this very easy way because, because there 
it is, once again, people who can do what we can do have damaged brains. The job of a human being leading a successful life is actually to be very fully in the piece of this real estate, this moment that we're in. Um, but I think it's not as much of a transition as, as we now think it is. Mm. Um, I, I find that uh, my friends have a very easy and ongoing relationship with their dead people. Now, do I deeply miss my sister physically sitting here? Can I feel her the same way? No. Uh, but when she wants something, does she make me completely aware of what's going on that I need to check on, that I need to do something about? Absolutely. So she can still bug me, but she's not as much fun. Right. Um, you know, I, I, um, I think that the process of dying is something we're born doing. You know, we're born, you know, we, 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 every time we change, we die. Learning how to die well is a life skill. And I think that, though, the, um, my new book is really about spirituality in a sense uh, and about life. And they're opposite ends of the spectrum because life is when you take energy, and that's all spirit is, and you channel it and compress it and intend it in a way that you create in the physical world. And, you know, the physicality, the more physical you are, the less disembodied you are. You want to be physical in this world. So I think that, that the process to dying is different for every person, but I think, I think that death is very much just what we're doing now. It's powerful. I've been reading your friend's book also, Signs. Oh yes, Laurelyn Jackson. She was one of the mediums there that day when my husband walked in and literally walked right out. <laughs> he was not, not, not interested. That's great. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm not finished with it, but I wanted to give her a shout out as we were talking about that. Thanks so much for spending the time and having me in your home. Is there anything else you want people to know? Um, yes. Everything you think about yourself, uh, what you like, enjoy. It'll probably change. And what you don't like, you can change. I think it's really important to realize that human beings are miracle makers and patterns are the blinders that keep us from seeing how easily we can create a miracle in our bodies, in our lives, in our companies, in our relationships. Thank you for Thank all you, you do. I appreciate it. Sending healing your way. Thank you. End of the whole circle. Shout out to the circle. Hey circle, sending healing. It was such an honor to chat with Laura Day and discuss intuition. You can follow her on Instagram at Laura Day Intuit. And if you want to support and follow The Idea Fountain, it's at The Idea Fountain or theideafountain.co. I really appreciate everyone listening.